And uh, I got to uh, praying and studying uh, this afternoon. I didn't, um, I hadn't had nothing pre-scheduled or planned. I was just praying and seeking the Lord for what the Lord would want us to uh, uh, deliver uh, uh, tonight. And I really do feel like I got a a message, uh, a word from God tonight, uh, someone to hear, if not that it's here in our congregation, somebody that is watching this evening by live stream, we are live streaming this, uh, but um, I hope that this message will encourage someone and lift somebody uh, up, praise the Lord. Amen, because that is what it's all about. Amen, lifting somebody up. We're going to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 27. Praise the Lord. I do not foresee this being a lengthy message tonight, but we're just going to take it to wherever um, uh, the Lord will lead us. Acts chapter 27, and we're going to read just uh, one verse to um, uh, to begin with. This is what it reads like. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I want to read that one more time. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, basically that was saying they were going through a deli of a storm. All hope that we should be saved, was then taken away. Let's pray. Fathers, we come tonight, we thank you, and we praise you for this service. We thank you, God, for what we've experienced so far, each song, testimony. We have received strength from everything. And now, God, I'm asking God you to encourage us through your word. Lift us up. Raise us up from on high, and let us all, God, leave tonight after this message with a renewed hope and encouragement that you are still God, you are still on the throne, and as long as you are walking with us, we can make it. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you, and you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to speak to you tonight for just a few minutes. Um, I had to really cram and push, and I took a lot out of the message to get through this morning. It was difficult. I promise you I could have probably went another 30 minutes at least, but um, I um, uh, did not choose to do that. We, um, I gave you what I felt like God was have, uh, put upon my heart. But I do not see that for this message tonight. I don't think it will be 
too lengthy, but I'm hoping and believing that somebody's going to be encouraged tonight. Uh, you know, I'm glad to know that God always knows our situations. He knows what we're going through. And I want to speak tonight on a subject titled, Don't Ever, Don't Ever Lose Hope. Don't Ever Lose Hope. I think it's amazing how many famous, well-known people just in the last year or so have taken their own lives. Basically, the only way something like that can happen, somebody has just lost all hope. Amen. They, they don't see no hope for their situation. But I, I came to tell somebody tonight that we should never lose hope. Do you know, some people like to try to argue the difference between faith and hope, but both are important. In fact, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9 tells us, Brother Paul, that hope is the anchor of the soul. Hallelujah. It's an anchor. And when somebody loses hope, despair comes in. Hallelujah. And they lose hope. They begin to have feelings of throwing up their hands and saying, well, what's the use? But I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus is saying, you always got hope in Jesus. Hallelujah. You always got hope in him. I want to begin by telling a little story that's a true story. And being him. Uh, a history buff myself, and I love the study of history. I know that history is filled with hideous atrocities committed by man to man. Isn't it amazing what man can do to other men? Amen. And history is filled with all kind of hideous atrocities, and some of the greatest atrocities were committed during World War II by the German armies against Jewish people. Hitler was determined to wipe Jews completely off the face of the map. Over six million Jews Men, women, and children died hideous deaths during World War II. We have been to Washington, D.C. on a couple occasions. I hope, if God will allow, I'd like to go back again because we just scratched the surface on things to see and to do there. But the last time we went, we took the time to go through the 
the new Neuro Holocaust Museum there. And I promise you, I walked out of that place forever changed. As we were going along and taking the tour and we were seeing the various things that transpired with all of those um, atrocities committed against by Hitler and his army against the Jewish people. I never will forget rounding a, a hallway and a bend and then coming to an area where literally thousands, thousands of children's shoes piled up in huge heaps, uh, naturally from the age of them and all that, but when you look at those thousands of pairs of shoes, all taken from little small children, either right before they was brutally killed or afterwards. And they are still there today as a testimony of how cruel one group of people can be to another group of people. It's beyond me. A man by the name of Victor Franklin is a was a Jewish Holocaust survivor. This man uh, discovered a great truth in the midst of a Jewish concentration camp during World War II. While seeking to survive the horror of his imprisonment, Frank Lai began observing his fellow prisoners in the hope of discovering what coping mechanism would help him endure the horrendous um, things he was going through. He was grasping at straws, doing what he could do to try to see. There were some surviving, but there were many more wasn't surviving. And what he discovered was this, church, and this comes from his writing. He said those individuals who could not accept what was happening to them, who could not make their present suffering fit with their faith, who could not find its meaning in their worldview, they began to despair and they lost hope and eventually everyone who lost hope died. But those individuals, listen close, those individuals that could find a meaning from their faith when then able to find hope for a future beyond their present suffering and so could accept what they were enduring as a part of their existence. And they tended to be survivors 
because they refuse to lose hope. Hallelujah. Hanging on to hope is a great thing. It's a key for survival. As I already said, the Bible describes hope as being the anchor of the soul. And I will take it one more, and you can quote pastors saying this. This is what I came in my spirit as I was praying, and I jotted this down. I come, and I'm telling you tonight, I say that hope is a life preserver for one who is drifting in the sea of uncertainty and apprehensions of life. It's a life preserver. It's something you cannot survive without. And I come to tell you, Father, that Jesus Christ is your anchor of hope tonight in this ever-changing, chaotic, and restless world. Don't ever lose hope in Jesus. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. The devil will pressure you. He will punch and prod you. He will get you to do everything to lose hope. Because he knows if he can get you to lose hope, he's already more than halfway won the battle. I want to talk to you about a few things about this using the Apostle Paul as he was on this ship headed across to the Mediterranean. He was the one who wrote these words here. They were going through this tremendous storm. And they didn't see the sun nor stars in many days. Now, you got to remember back when they were selling back then, there was no radar. There was no sonar. There was nothing that men know today to be able to get a bearing by. They had the sextons. And they had to be able to see the stars to chart their path. And when they went all mixed up in in dark, cloudy storms, days upon days, they lost their bearings. They didn't know which direction they had come from. They didn't know which direction they was going because they hadn't seen the sun nor the stars in many days. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. This whole life can be confusing sometimes. We can wonder many times, what is going on, God? I prayed that prayer. I don't know about you. What is going on? But when we cannot, through any other means, get our bearings, I'm telling you to always look to Jesus because he will be your compass in life. Oh, glory to God. Now, I do got to say this. 
And this is the first point I want to speak about, that disobedience will always return to bite you. Come on, somebody. I've been in some of them storms I told you about. But there's been a lot of times, Brother Paul, I put myself there. I can't blame God and I can't blame the devil. I put my own self there. And we got to realize, folks, disobedience will return to bite you. When God tries to give you some kind of direction, when God tries to speak to you through his word or through a prophet or somebody else, and you turn to death ear, I promise you it will always come back to haunt you. Let's back up. We'll stay in the 27th chapter, but let's back up to verse 9, and I want to read verse 9 through 11. I want to share with you tonight how I know that our disobedience will always come back home to bite us. What's that saying, them old? The old folks used to say something about uh, chickens always coming home to roost or something like that. Hallelujah. They'll show up when you least want them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's, let's listen to the word, what the Word says. 27 and 9. Now when much time was spent. Now this is before they got themselves in the heat of the problem. When much time was spent and when Salem was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the laden and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, look at somebody and tell them, nevertheless. That nevertheless will get you every time. Nevertheless, the centurion, now remember Paul, uh, I know Brother uh, Bobby knows this, uh, the reason, I mean, uh, uh, the apostle Paul here, he hadn't paid for a cruise ship. He wasn't on no vacation. He was on that ship because he was under arrest. They were taking him to Rome to be tried. And the centurion, the one who was over all the soldiers that was there, he, Paul stood up and he said, look, give this some time. Let's wait a little bit. Because I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Well, what that verse, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. God tried to warn that centurion by the, by the mouth of the apostle Paul. Paul had an unction of the Holy Ghost. He had a premonition, whatever you want to call it. 
and he tried to warn them. But the centurion wouldn't believe what Apostle Paul was saying. Oh, come on, somebody. And it didn't take long for that to come back and bite that old centurion. Hallelujah. I won't tell you where it did him at. You just figure that out yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, God is not willing that any should perish. But all come to repentance. I am so sick and tired of the divisiveness, amen, and the things that's going on, amen, not only in our country but all over the world today. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know that my God died on the cross to save souls. Not languages, not colors, hallelujah, but all people. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And God began to deal with Paul's heart. And Paul says, listen, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with hurt. Amen. But they wouldn't listen to what Paul's saying. It's just like what we're doing today. We're trying to warn people. We're trying to tell people, hey, Jesus is soon to come. This thing is fixing to wind up. But they laugh at you. They mock you. Hallelujah. They say you're crazy. But I'm going to sooner or later, if I continue to disobey God, it's going to come back to haunt me. It's going to come back and bite me. Hallelujah. They wouldn't believe the things Paul said. So now a little time has passed. They hadn't seen the sun or the stars in many days. And there was a big tempest, nothing small, a huge, big storm. And they had done lost all hope that they were going to be saved. They had lost all hope. Hallelujah. Folks, one key to keeping your hope is believing the Word of God and obeying it. Not only be hearers of the Word, what we've been talking about, but be endurers of the Word. So we got to do that. Now, one more point in my message this evening. I'm telling you how to maintain your hope. And how to hang in there no matter what the circumstance may be. And that is the second part of my message. Never stop believing God. You're praying for something. And the devil tell you to stop praying. You ain't going to never get that other job. You ain't going to never get that better car you ain't going to be able to accomplish this or to accomplish that the devil he's all time riding your back trying to get you to give up on God and give up on yourself hallelujah and the way things look the way everybody's at everybody's throat the devil nowadays is working overtime telling getting people to give up on one another Hallelujah. 
I will admonish you tonight, church. Never stop believing God. We're going to stay right here in this chapter, and we're going to go down to verse 20, um, 25. Hallelujah. Uh, let me, let me uh, yeah, verse uh, 27 and 25. Now here's Paul talking again. And they're on the same ship. And this is what he said. Wherefore, sirs, well, I tell you what, let me, I'll read something else. Just, let me, I'll read this one. I want to read something else. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What did God tell him? Now, I don't think they've got this up here, but I'm going to back up verse 22 and read back down through 25. Now, here's what he said. Now, let me, I'm going to back on up. i got to get this in. Let me, I'm going to back up to verse 21. After long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Hallelujah. Going, going back to what I said about when you disobey, it's going to come back to bite you. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and read verse 22 now. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of... What about all them people saying, oh, ain't no such thing as angels? And I said, get all away from here. I don't want to hear you talk about no angels. You're, you're too fry short of a happiness. Now, the first time the Spirit of God just uh, uh, nudged Paul real good, Brother, Brother Douglas, and he, he said, I perceive. This is something I'm feeling. I'm feeling this in my spirit. We, we don't need to go nowhere right now. We need to wait a bit. But now things have gotten a little more anxious. They disobeyed God, and they're, they're right here at the point things are fixing to all fall apart. So Paul didn't just have a feeling here. He didn't just have a hunch. But he said, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Oh, glory. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and, uh, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. I, I remember one time years ago, amen, while Brother Hell was still pastor, and he had me to preach one Sunday night, and I preached, I used this verse of Scripture, and I preached the message entitled, I'm going to believe God, what are you going to do? 
is the only way. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. If you don't do this, you will literally lose your mind in this old world. As a matter of fact, I believe there have been many times in my life I would have lost my mind if it hadn't been for God. Hallelujah. Never stop believing God, Paul. He, he, he maintained his hope. He maintained his faith because he told me, he says, look, even though y'all didn't obey God, you didn't listen to me. God sent an angel and stood right by me. Told me not to worry about nothing because it's God's will that you go to Rome. God's got a work for you to do in Rome. Hallelujah. Amen. There, there's a, there's gonna, there, there needs to be a book written in my New Testament, amen, called the Book of Romans, and you're going to have to go to Rome before you can write it. Hallelujah. So God said, I ain't going to let no storm hinder you writing the Book of Romans. Glory to God. He said, I believe God. So tonight, as I'm winding down right now, don't ever lose hope. I don't care what the storm is that you're battling. I don't care what you're having to go through with. I see this written on, on social media all the time, and it is so true. It is so important that Christians quit talking about how big their circumstances are or how big their problems are and start talking about how big their God is. Oh, glory. Amen. It gets depressing to hear Christians talk about how big their problems are nowadays. We need to quit talking about how big our problems are, how big our difficulties are, and start talking about how big our God is. Hallelujah. Love that old song. Sister Mary likes it, and she sung it a few times. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is bigger than any problem that I can or cannot see. Do you believe that tonight? Stand to your feet and give God a praise. pray for you I sung this chorus just a few minutes ago as we was greeting one another I'm going to sing it again I, I remember Brother Charles singing this song many times 